Welcome to Meekum Presents On The Move, brought to you by State Farm. It's the show geared toward keeping you up to speed with the latest auto news, event coverage, and expert industry insight. Now, here are your hosts, Matt Avery and John Craman. Hey, and welcome to another On The Move. I'm Matt Avery, and joining me is co-host John Craman, lead TV commentator for Mecham Auctions on NBCSN. John, our show is powered by State Farm and their surprisingly great rates on car insurance. And in segment two, we have a surprisingly great guest in the form of YouTube content creator, Kyle Lindsay. And then in segment three, we have a review of the hottest car of 2020 and possibly 2021, the all-new Chevrolet Corvette C8. Well, Matt, as you know, in December of 2020, I took delivery of my brand new C8 Corvette. You've not had a chance to see it or drive it yet, and that is all going to change today with 1,000 miles on it. I've got it uh, parked out in the parking lot right now, waiting for you and me to spend this afternoon with it, and we will be reporting reporting uh, on that. Really anxious to get your comments about it at uh, during our segment three. All right, well, let's talk about some Meekum news, John, because we are right around the corner from Dana Meekum's 34th original spring classic held in Indianapolis, May 14th through the 22nd. John, there are over 20 different collections. A total of around 2,500 vehicles will be crossing the block. So much excitement is building, and there is a major TV announcement. There is, and I think it ties in perfectly with the significance of this event, Matt. Our traditional TV coverage at the Indy Auction is four days. NBS, NBCSN has given us the green light to add two days. So we will be having television coverage from Mecham Indy. Now, six big days. Schedule yet to be determined, but we have all been briefed on get ready to spend a long run covering the action there at Dana Mecham's 34th Original Spring Classic. And as we move further into summer, John, the Mecham team will be moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma, June 11th through the 12th. Any thoughts so far about what we might see at that auction? Big buzz so far, Matt. The fact that it's Mecham's debut there at Tulsa, getting a lot of feedback from folks uh, that are just really looking forward to having Mecham come to that great city. We have learned a couple of things about that market, other than the fact that it's a strong car market, and as it may in fact be one of the strongest car markets in the nation, and we have been promised to have a couple guests coming up in future podcasts to help us educate all of us on the significance of the uh, Tulsa car market. Well, turning to the world of car news, John, a lot of excitement has been uh, there for the all-new Ford Mustang Mach-E. And one of the things that people have been waiting for, specifically enthusiasts, have been more performance-oriented versions. And just because with that Mustang name, people really expect that car to have some performance chops. And we're getting closer to finally seeing those in showrooms in the form of the Mach-E GT and Performance Edition. So what we know so far, John, is the GT will have 480 horsepower, 600 pound-feet of torque. Ford says it will do 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds with an estimated 250 miles of range. It will get some unique looks in the form of 20-inch machine face wheels, painted red brake calipers, and some special touches inside. And then if you step up even further, Ford is going to be offering this performance edition that boasts a 0-60 to 60 time of 3.5 seconds. So John, these are both four-seaters. Really impressive. The thing that could be cause some enthusiasts to hesitate is the price because 
because they are not cheap. Both of them are right around $60,000. The GT is coming in just under $60,000 with the Performance Edition costing $64,900. John, what are your thoughts with this type of model coming out? Do you think this is what's needed to really get people to embrace, embrace electric as a performance option? I think it's going to help a lot, Matt. And while we're still talking about uh, the performance version of the electric Mustang, the Mach-E, Ford got very serious about exposing it to potentially a brand new market for the first time ever. It paced the NASCAR race this week at Talladega. Brad Keselowski took the big win there and a nail-biter finish, driving, of all things, a Ford Mustang. So, yeah, I think Ford is, is, is all in on this car, whether or not the buying public decides to get on board with the relative, the current relatively high price of these both standard version and performance version of these EV vehicles. That's yet to see. Well, it's always exciting, John, when a new car enters the market, and we're starting to get some news about a new one from Lotus. What's the latest? Yep, it's called the Emira, kind of a cool name, and it's literally replacing all the existing platforms. Here's what we know so far. This announcement, by the way, came out of Lotus just today. Uh, base price in the mid-60s, fully loaded at the $100,000 range. Sounds like they might be looking at the C8 Corvette market there. Two engines are going to be available, a V6 Toyota supplied, as it's been in the past, manual transmission, conventional automatic, and a very high output turbocharged four-cylinder with a dual-clutch transmission, manufacturer yet not announced. Coupes only, no convertibles, and uh, we're expecting to hear more information about this lightweight, high-performance sports car from the folks at at Lotus over the next couple of months. Well, a lot of our dialogue, John, has been about the Corvette C8, and rightfully so. Man, what a revolutionary vehicle. So even at this stage after the vehicle has been on the market for a while now, any kind of news about future developments is big news, and that's what happened this week with uh, Chevrolet announcing three new paint colors for the 2022 model year. What's going to be happening is Sebring Orange is now replaced by Amplify Orange Tint Coat. That one, it does have an upcharge of $995. Zeus Bronze is replaced by Caffeine, and then finally Shadow Gray is replaced by Hypersonic gray metallic john i gotta ask because as a corvette passionate corvette enthusiast and c8 owner how is it that these little updates get so much excitement well this is corvette tradition matt for the last several generations of corvettes there's always been kind of a tweaking and what i'm really excited to see about for the 2022 model year is this new color caffeine replacing the zeus bronze i've seen some color chips of it online and it looks like it's kind of a charcoal with maroon and green and brown in it really hard to know exactly what it's going to look like until you see it in the sunlight in in the flesh and important to note that two of these three new colors are going to be no extra cost choices well, and uh, keeping the theme on Corvette, John, the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky, had some exciting news that they have announced that they are beginning the development of a brand new 30,000 square foot expansion to the facility. It's going to be two story and it will have items like a rooftop members lounge, a kid zone educational center, a theater space, and of course, more room for Corvettes. Makes a lot of sense, Matt, because I will tell you the excitement, the worldwide excitement of the C8 Corvette that since it was 
hit production in 2020 has really put this car on the map and it has put additional spotlight and priority on Corvettes of all generations. It has helped the visibility, the demand, the values of Corvettes in general are really soaring right now. So the fact that the museum getting on board, by the way, right across the street from the Corvette Bowling Green assembly plant, the fact that they're doing expansion is no surprise and very, very welcome. Mecham Auctions is proud to bring you On the Move with Matt Avery and John Craman. For more on the world of collector cars, head over to Mecham.com. Now let's get back to the show. And joining us now is Kyle Lindsay. He is part of our State Farm Surprisingly Great Guest segment. And Kyle has a massive YouTube channel. He is a content creator based in North Carolina with almost 1.3 million subscribers. Kyle, we uh, really appreciate your time. And we want to hear because your career path initially had you attending pharmaceutical school and going down that direction. How in the world did you transition to be producing regular automotive content? Well, it's kind of crazy because at first it was just a hobby. I loved to show, I love the idea of showing vehicles in depth because at that time that I started, there wasn't a whole lot of automotive content on YouTube. So I just wanted to basically go around and show everybody their favorite vehicles as if they were looking at it in person. And as I went through school and got into the YouTube AdSense program, I started to be able to earn a little bit of revenue. And that was, you know, my way of getting a job in school to help, you know, pay for apartment and living expenses to where, you know, I could still do something fun, earn some money on the side and focus on what was the most important thing at the time and uh, which was school. Kyle, I have to say, man, you came on my radar screen with the review you did, the YouTube review of the 2020 C8 Corvette. And uh, I just have to tell you a couple of things before I uh, get get your response on that, that there were two things in particular that stood out among the many other uh, C8 reviews that were out there. And this is valid because starting in uh, oh, July of 2019, I actually placed an order for a C8. I took took delivery of it December 2020. So during that time period, I'm just soaking up all the nuances as much as possible on the C8, (laughs) saw your review and watched it. And again, two things that stuck out. I just have to tell you what they are. Number one was the accuracy of the information provided. And I say that simply because many of the other YouTubers out there were putting out, not that it was a deal breaker, but putting out information that wasn't accurate as far as some of the options and packages and content and different things like that. And then the other thing that I really liked and appreciated about your content is, is you don't overdo it with trying to be funny or glib or sarcastic. You're upbeat, you're enthusiastic, you're factual, you're accurate, and you're relevant. All of that said, is this intentional? Is this the way that you set up uh, your uh, format or is this just the way you are? Well, I'm, I'm a very particular person. I like things in, in depth and detail. And when it came to the videos, you know, back in the day, I filmed all sorts of different things from Lamborghinis to 80s Chevrolets. It didn't matter. But when people came to the channel, I wanted them to get the same you know, experience with each video. So, you know, down to the size of the brake rotors and calipers, and whatever, I want you to be able to get that same information on the 80s Chevrolet as you would the Lamborghini and have this just consistent format across the board because, you know, with automotive enthusiasts, you know, everybody likes their own different things. And I didn't want to show like, 
you know, favoritism to this one thing and then not do this other card justice because, you know, again, everybody likes different things. And, you know, when they come to the channel, I want them to get that just same experience across the board and I want it to be accurate. You know, my, my videos are a little bit more cut and dry than some of the ones that, you know, you, you were talking about, but I believe to me that has led to more long-term success because I've, I've stuck to a tried and true format and, and people just like it because it's just factual. How do you select your cars and take us on, on a timeline from the time that you select a car, you drive a car, you educate yourself on it, you produce the content all the way from the initial creation of it to the actual end product. How much time does it take and who else is on your team that's helping you out? Well, it's just me. Um, as far as the car reviews and whatnot, it's it's always just been me. I film, produce, write, um, Basically, long story short, it's normally a three-day process to film, edit, and produce a review. Okay. Um, in the past, I would actually go around to dealerships and borrow vehicles. I would sometimes wouldn't even get to drive them. I would just film them on the lot and you know produce the video that way. But that's the cool thing about you know YouTube and how social media has grown over the years. I started getting the attention of the OEMs and um, getting invited to media launches and press drives. And, you know, back in 2015, I started actually getting press vehicles delivered to me on a weekly basis, which today is how I get the majority of the reviews every week. Get a new vehicle. It's usually at random, which is, you know, keeps things (laughs) exciting and surprising. Um, But I'll get the vehicle, film it over the course of that week, upload it, and then off to the next one. Cool. Cool. In addition to the new car reviews, you've also got a lot of content for project vehicles. Are there any current classic cars that you're documenting and covering? Yeah, our 1969 Chevelle Malibu sedan um, used to belong to my wife's grandma. Um, it's a really, really cool car. It's been in you know her side of the family for many years, and um, we came into ownership of it probably four or so years ago. And, you know, as, as everybody knows, there's not a whole lot of monetary value in a, in a, in a, a post sedan, but they're just really cool. You don't see a whole lot of them. So, you know, she wanted to keep it, you know, reminds her of her grandma. And we decided to do this just super invasive frame off resto mod build where we're basically gutting every single piece of originality of it, keeping the style of it. You know, exterior, interior, keeping the style, but modernizing everything else to where she can get in and daily drive it if she wants. Take us into the nuts and bolts of what you're doing as far as powertrain, suspension, comfort items. Uh, 6.0 LS um, LQ4, uh, about 400-ish plus horsepower, 4L80 trans, um, QA1 suspension, um, original parts group for all the restoration stuff. Um, just... Oh gosh, um, there you go. quick ratio steering, upgraded. I mean, every single little nook and cranny is going to be either new or upgraded. From watching your content, Kyle, another big project that you've undertaken is redoing a almost a full-blown restoration shop. You've been producing a lot of videos talking about how you've built that, how you're having it have retro influences. So get us up to speed. How did that come about? And then what are your future plans for that facility? 
Well, basically I ran out of space. (laughs) So with YouTube, you know, it's important to always have multiple things going on because, you know, attention spans are short and people like to see progress and just, you know, variations of things. So I ran out of space in the old shop and I wanted to get more into this restoration resto mod content. So from supplies and materials and parts, like, you know, having basically just a one bay shop and not access to my other bays was difficult. I needed a space for doing body work and fab stuff. And, you know, it's hard to do a, you know, restoration from tear down to finish in one space because, you know, dirtiness and stuff. So building the new shop is, you know, basically my, my storage facility, my finishing facility, my office, just, um, all of the, you know, cleaner type work and the original shop that I filmed all of my content in, project content and previously is going to be the fab stuff, the bodywork stuff and all of that. A couple of the uh, reviews that you've done uh, that I also have seen are a couple of vehicles that Matt and I had a chance to preview at the press launch for both the Ram TRX and the Dodge Durango Hellcat. And I'm just really curious. You've had a chance to spend some time behind the wheel. And Matt and I have got that scheduled up later in this year as well. What is your initial reaction to uh, the folks at Stellantis taking that Hellcat power plant we first saw in 2015, putting it into a pickup truck and an SUV. What are your thoughts? I may be a little bit biased, but it's the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I I am a big muscle car guy through and through. I love the V8s. I just love that classic experience of big motor, loud exhaust, and all of that. And the fact that you can get the kind of performance that we have in today's day and age in a family SUV, in this just wild super truck. I mean, it's, it's literally the, I mean, it's like the best time to be an automotive enthusiast. Like it really is. (laughs) Kyle, where's the best place for people to keep up with all of your latest content and news? Well, saw Kyle Moore on YouTube, obviously, and uh, all the social platforms are SawKyle04LLC. Well, this has been Kyle Lindsay, a surprisingly great guest segment powered by State Farm and their surprisingly great rates on car insurance. Kyle, John, I really appreciate your time today and certainly look forward to getting again real soon. Thanks, guys. Don't adjust that dial. On the Move, we'll be right back. Our program is proudly presented by Meekum Auctions, the world's largest collector car auctions. Now back to Matt and John. We are back in the studio after spending a couple of hours this very warm uh, afternoon. It's about 85 degrees here, but boy, what a perfect day to for Matt to experience the first time ever up close and personal with the all-new mid-engine C8 Corvette. Happens to be my personal car. I've got about 1,000 miles on it, but it's the first time Matt's had a chance to see it and drive it. Let me break down and give you the details on exactly what the car is. Uh, it's a 1LT Coupe. It is a 2020. The VIN is 18350, so it's a late production uh, 2020. It was actually ordered in July of 2019, delivered in December of 2020 to a dealer in Detroit, but brought to my house in Northern Illinois by our friends at Mecham Transport. Hats off to Mike Baker for uh, having his guys bring it to my house, totally unscathed. 
only three options on my car the optional chrome badges red calipers and the performance exhaust window sticker 61885 it is finished in elkhart lake blue metallic which is one of the standard colors no extra cost for that and it also has the sky cool gray seats with the matching stitching uh, all over the interior including all the way down to the down to the floor mat so with that out of the way the first thing that i want to ask matt is what is your reaction to the overall external appearance of the car well john days like today are exactly what drive automotive enthusiasts because like you said we couldn't have had a better day for weather and to spend some time behind one of the hottest vehicles out there and i will say to answer your question after being able to experience it fully for, for the first time, I've seen them on the roads, but never been able to engage in it, see it up close, interact with it for multiple hours. So I got to say, it lives up to the hype, John. I, I can confidently say that that the hype is real, that even after this vehicle has been on the market for, for over a year, that it is still as red hot as it has been touted as. Um, so first impressions overall, when we walked out to the vehicle, it really does have a presence sitting still even before you drive it is uh, long low and wide it really has proper stance um, the other thing too that I like is the styling that Chevrolet has put into it with that uh, contrasting side blade you opted to have or you you left it as contrast I know you can get body color but that right. really does give it some nice character uh, and so overall, I think it's got a very striking look, very distinct. And I, it's distinctly different, but yet it also has a lot of that Corvette heritage included in it. Yeah, you're referring to the carbon flash paint on what's called the boomerangs, the big side intakes. That's standard on the Corvette. If you want those body colored, including some panels on the front and the rear, you actually pay an extra $1,000. I would pay the extra 1000 to keep it that carbon flash. I, I love the contrast and really glad that you brought that out. So let's, let's give listeners an idea of sort of your background in regards to exotic mid-engine cars. You are a longtime journalist doing a lot of reporting and testing. What are some of the really high-end mid-engine European and Asian exotics that you've experienced over the years? Yeah, o over the years, I I've been had the chance to spend a lot of wheel time with stuff like uh, the Acura NSX when that new uh, all-new vehicle arrived several years ago. was able to do some track testing with that. Numerous Audi R8s, a very popular model with... Uh, not only customers, but after the aftermarket community that quickly gravitated to doing the twin turbo conversions on that. I've had the chance to spend some wheel time with, with those, as well as also twin turbo Uricons as well. Even in stock form, those are very impressive vehicles. And then certainly from the Ferrari camp, the 360s, the 430s, etc. So I will say, John, that a lot of that was going through my mind even before we started driving because I remember when the 360 arrived on the scene. The Ferrari. The Ferrari, yeah. I remember walking up to that and seeing the just the mystique of having the engine under that rear glass cover and being shown off. And so walking out to your car, John, I had that same impression where it really is highlighted. It's a nice piece of almost jewelry <laughs> when you look through. It really does elevate the image to what we were talking about off off air the corvette as supercar now where i think it's those touches even before you start driving and see what the car can do but it, though it's those type of inclusions that starts having this car be bumped up a couple classes well and i do want to point out for listeners that are learning about the c8 corvette for the first time that there is obviously a coupe and a convertible version available mine is the coupe i selected that specifically now the convertible does not have the engine exposed under glass there's a side 
solid panel there. And a lot of feedback I've got from other Cato owners is, is they really do like that glass and being able to see that 6.2 liter LT2, 495 horsepower, direct fuel injected, yet very conventional Chevrolet power plant. So uh, it does have a removable target top. It does fit in the rear of the car. It fits in the trunk so you can have you know open air fun at any time. That top comes out very easy, by the way. So you've had a chance to look at the car from the outside. Now it's time to go drive it. Your first impression, sitting in the cockpit, adjusting the seats, mirrors. I briefed you on the way the controls are laid out and operated. What are your thoughts? Right off the bat, you notice that visibility, you, you don't feel like you're falling into a cockpit uh, similar to the sensation that you get falling into a Camaro where you really do feel like you only have uh, vision out the front. Here in the C8, you do feel that you do have a good uh, line of sight on all sides yep. of you. The only part where that might fall off is, of course, looking out the rear. But still, the C8 does have, in my opinion, better visibility out the back compared to some of the other cars I mentioned earlier. Just it, it, Because it is a wider vehicle, and I think there's more glass behind the, the, the seats, it does seem like you do get a better view out the back. So, And certainly driving around, John, and even in parking spaces, you and I were kind of bouncing around, running some errands, and, and going in and out of parking lots there there really isn't any of that nervousness that you get when you're driving some of those other vehicles about am i going to hit a curb am i too close or whatever it really does seem like the corvette is a very livable uh performance vehicle well it's interesting you say that and i'm glad to hear you say that because a lot of the automotive press has been a little bit critical out of visibility my first drive in the car clear back in december of last year with the large mirrors and the mirror rearview mirror that looks through the relatively small back window but it really gives you a surprisingly good wide clear view of what's going on to your sides and what's going on behind you and i i'm not sure that the car has deserved a lot of the criticism it's got i'm really glad to hear that you felt comfortable in regard to the visibility let's talk about the control layouts that is one of the most controversial parts of the c8 and specifically talking about the hvac panel as i call it with the controls almost at a 45 degree angle isolating the driver from the passenger compartment first impression <laughs> well at first I, I i felt that you were almost not part of the driving experience because it almost <laughs> seems like you're you're separated uh, because like you said, that HVAC panel does rise out of that center stack. And, and I mean, it is perfectly suited for the driver. And and I, I remember asking you, I said, hey, John, can you even see to make adjustments? But, you know, John, it goes back to what we we're talking about earlier is that, you know, a car like this is purpose built for driving. So I think it's always interesting sometimes when either reviewers or journalists, sometimes they, they want a car to be everything for every need. And, and so it's one of those things that I think Chevrolet had a clear goal in mind for this vehicle it's supposed to be for the driving enthusiast. And I really think they knocked out of the park because when you are behind the wheel, you've got a great presentation of information between the, the uh, cluster ahead of you and then also the center screen. It's tilted towards you. Like you said earlier, even the entire center console is tilted towards the driver because in a C8 Corvette, that is who matters most. Another unique feature of that cockpit I'm curious to hear your reaction of. The steering wheel, people call it square. I call it a squircle, and other people have called it that as well. And a lot of people have asked me, is it difficult to transition to that? Curious to hear your thoughts. No, I, over the years, I mean, the flat bottom steering wheel has become almost mainstream with many other performance cars of, of lesser caliber. So that is certainly, I, I do enjoy that. But I will say it, it took me a minute, John, to get ready and adjusted to that squircle design. But of course, I mean, it is very ergonomic. It, it really does 
provide for a, a more engaging driving experience because right behind it, of course, you have the paddles. And it also, what I liked about it, John, was it really did clear up any kind of, there's no obstacle between you and the information in the center screen. And that's exactly what Chevy was looking for to make sure that uh, the operator, the driver has a clear view of all the gauges, all the instruments. Glad that you saw that. Let's talk about overall comfort in the seat and your driving impression with the sensations in the cockpit. Well, I was a little nervous at first because the seats, when you look at them before you get into them, they are very thin. Um, I know that that's becoming more and more the norm. Obviously, as technology progresses, and especially these performance seats, they get more narrow and narrower to keep you in place. So I will say I was a little bit worried about comfort, not about support, but about comfort. But after spending a couple hours with you out driving, John, I will say it really does support you and no fatigue at all. Really easy to adjust it. You know, all of the multi-power controls really does allow you to get exactly where you need to be to, to be your best when driving. The uh, transmission, of course, as we know, is a dual clutch transmission. Uh, that's a it's two four-speed manual transmissions that are joined together, joint venture from uh, General Motors and Tremec, by the way. Total of eight speeds, and there's no clutch pedal, of course. But uh, we talked about this before you actually engage and put it into drive, and that is putting it into gear is a lot like putting a manual transmission into first gear with the clutch in, and you notice that as well. What was your thoughts of driving characteristics, particularly in regard to the power response and how well that dual clutch transmission responded? Well, when you're out and you and you get on it, I mean, the, the throttle is very linear. I mean, there's no lag. Uh, it really does deliver power quickly. And also, the thing that I was surprised about, John, is that really no signs of loss of traction. Now, of course, today was probably optimal uh, to be out. You know, there was no kind of moisture on the, on the roads or anything, but still you know, several times we, we gave it some gas and I'm saying it for those quick starts and really there's no sign of loss of traction, even without turning into any kind of traction modes, any, anything out of the ordinary, it seemed to hook up almost immediately. What about the feeling from inside the cockpit, noise level, refinement, just the overall driving sensation of the car? Most of what we did was in traffic, a little bit of road use, but in traffic maneuvering about that way. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, if there was one area that I could see uh, owners or enthusiasts perhaps being polarized by, it's what I would say the lack of that auditory experience, meaning that that engine behind you, even though you're, you're probably only not even feet, maybe even inches from it, you really, it's not overpowering, John. Uh, and I think that that makes the Corvette, a, a C8 Corvette very livable. It's a very, um, it's, it's a easy vehicle to get accustomed to. However, I could see if you are used to more of those, of the, of the other vehicles in the class, like we said, some of the, the Ferraris and Lamborghinis that are going to have that louder tuned exhaust. You could want that as a C8 owner. Now we've talked about you can uh, you know you can opt for the uh, some higher trims that do bring some different adjustments to the exhaust, and we've also talked about how it seems like now there's a lot there's a gold rush for the aftermarket community to want to fill that need for owners that do want that burble that louder exhaust note. However, that being said, even in stock form like the vehicle that you have, I really did find that it was pleasurable, it was enjoyable, and it definitely makes for a great road trip car. Yeah, the level of refinement that the car has, in my opinion 
goes a long way. I was very surprised at how nice the car rides, uh, even on a rough surface. I mean, it's firm, but it's not harsh, and that's that's really hard for the manufacturers to balance that out, particularly when they come to an extremely wide tire and big tires that this car has. Uh, let's finish up our talk with maybe one of the most significant and noteworthy <laughs> factors about the new C8 Corvette, and that is the real impressive 0-60 to 60 times. Now, 495 horsepower, that's impressive, but that is certainly not class-leading. However, the 0-60 to 60 times that have been quoted uh, both in the magazines and by testers and even by Chevrolet themselves has been, depending on trim level, has been around the three-second range, give or take a couple tenths on either side of that. What we had a chance to do, I set it up for you, was the 0-60 to 60 timer. Now, we did not use the launch control, which is available and programmable, still breaking in the car. So this was a 0-60 to 60 experiment, literally going from idle and just pressing your foot on the gas pedal and you're in control of that uh finish out our discussion with what we saw today on a warm day both of us on board uh, about a quarter tank of gas in it zero to 60 what did the computer say 3.4 seconds john which is really remarkable because like you said you and i both were in the car we weren't trying to save weight and it really is point and shoot to get those kind of numbers, which I got to say, that is impressive. Well, as we know, Matt, Corvettes, C8 Corvettes, actually Corvettes of all generations, really strong in the marketplace right now. Mecham Auctions has sold over 20 C8 Corvettes uh, since the first one, I believe, was July of last year at our Indianapolis auction. And uh, they've all brought between anywhere between twenty dollars and $30,000 over window sticker, and there's going to be no end in sight. I think the uh, pent-up demand for the C8 Corvette is going to be with us for a long time. You've been listening to Meekin Presents On The Move, brought to you by State Farm. For more information, visit Meekin.com. And join us again next time as we take you inside the world of muscle and collector cars and more.